Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is Carhartt, Beanie, and Flannel season. Coming off a of week six in the NFL, the pump pick starts right now. Welcome into the latest edition of the Pump Fake. I, Jared Bailey, USA Today, SB Nation, joined by one of my besties in the industry, covering the just world-renowned Detroit Lions for MLive, Ben Raven. Hi, buddy. Hey, man. Long time no see. Glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Um, is that a uh, Arizona Coyotes cap that you're sporting right now, by the way? Yeah, it is. That's a great hat. The old garbage coyote logo. <laughs> I think that's like their new. That's like their primary logo again. Yeah, I'm they're not. like rope. Yeah, they're they're one of those wise teams that's dipped back into the '90s and like, wait, yeah, this is what people want. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them because uh, that that is what people want. Um, and we're starting to get a little bit of that around the NFL. Um, your Detroit Lions um, are now five and one, Benjamin. Yep, Raven. That's right. There. Uh, tied for the best record in football after defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who God bless them for bringing back those incredible uniforms. But they went like they went completely in on the bit and played like the team from 1976 who ushered in the uniforms <laughs> to begin with. Um, just a complete show put on by the Lions offense. Jared Goff had another really nice game, and it looks like they have another weapon. With Jamison Williams having a really nice game to go along with Amon Ross, Sam Brown, Sam Laporta. Um, everything on that offense, man, looks really, really good. And if you look at Jared Goff's last 17 games, 29 touchdowns and four picks, he, he's playing really good, man. Um, you know, this was the darling team of the league last year, still kind of the darling team of the league. Um, but what is the real ceiling of this team? Because it feels like it's not a low one. No, no, we've kind of started asking ourselves that too, and I, I really do think it is. This is a team that can make an NFC title game appearance and not get embarrassed or look like they don't belong. I mean, 49ers, I think, are the class of the NFC, and I would definitely take the Eagles over the Lions, but like, it, it is at the point where it's like, there ain't no reason why the Lions can't beat the Cowboys anywhere, home or away. And they'd hang with the Niners. I, I really do believe it. I mean, the one concern going forward about that offense, though, is it sounds like David Montgomery is going to miss some time. On the bright side, Jameer Gibbs is just coming back, and the first-round rookies kind of handled that role with Montgomery already missing a game out this year, too. But, like, yeah, man, they're, they're, they're rolling, man. They beat three division leaders. They've won four straight by double digits. They beat the defending Super Bowl champion, the Chiefs. They're 3-0 on the road, and, I mean, they're a pick six overtime loss away from being undefeated right now. It's it's unbelievable, and it, we just keep pinching ourselves because none of it is fluky. Yeah, right now the offense is fifth in the league in EPA per play, seventh in success rate. Uh, they are amongst the best offenses in the league, but I think the real story here is the fact that the defense has looked so much better, night and day difference from last year. I think last year they were 31st in EPA per play, or seventh. An EPA per player right now on the defensive side of the ball. So 
Talk about some guys on that side of the ball that have been playing really well because they addressed it heavily, especially the secondary. They brought over a bunch of free agents. They drafted Jack Campbell. They draft uh, Brian uh, Brian Branch. Yeah. They they really addressed that side of the ball heavy, and it seems that it's paying off. And it's crazy that it's paying off because the three of those guys that they brought in are out right now. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, out. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, out. Brian Branch has missed the last two games, and they're still playing like this, and it's – it's in-house guys. I mean, it's Aiden Hutchinson looking like a potential superstar. I mean, he had his worst game of the season last week against the Bucks, but he has been an absolute just difference maker. I mean, that one-handed interception he made the week before, a couple of the pressures and sacks he's had, I mean, he's really looking kind of like that supercharged kind of Max Crosby ceiling type player right there. But, I mean, Aleem McNeil has been much better this year. And an un- unsung hero that doesn't get national love at all, and when you bring him up, people are like, oh, okay. But Alex Anzalone, their they're every down middle linebacker, has just played like an absolute star at that position this year. I mean, he was already the leader of that group, but like he, he, he's been playing unbelievable football this season, and it's really, really boosted everything. So we have breaking news into oh, the pump. No. What's up? The Philadelphia Eagles are signing Julio Jones. Oh, shit. To their roster. So Julio Jones, now a Philadelphia Eagle, um, that doesn't seem – I mean, we're going to continue talking about the Lions, obviously. <laughs> but that was just the most random thing that could have popped across any of our feeds right now. Um, let, let's talk about this real quick and then hop back on the Lions. I don't think this does anything, if I'm being perfectly honest. But the, the, uh, the shell of Julio Jones is now a Philadelphia Eagle to be – but their third receiver, fourth receiver? Yeah, probably be their third receiver with injuries right now if he's but if he's healthy, I mean, and when you take the pressure off, that's this is like a no risk signing, you know, because right. if he's like because I mean you're not asking him to be the number one or the number two or the number three, really, even with their tight end and running back game in there too. But yeah. like if there's like anything left in there and if he's healthy, then why not? You know, I mean, seriously, but like I wouldn't expect much there at all either. That seems like a Odell Beckham impact in Baltimore, yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that might even be too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Um, now, we'll get back to the lines in the NFC North. Look around the rest of that division right now. I don't see any it's poopy. Team. Poopy. It's so bad. So bad. <laughs> I think the one team that could give them a run for the money is Green Bay, and even then, they're not good. And the Lions absolutely smacked them at Lambeau Field. <laughs> Just, I mean, I I thought the Vikings would be I, – I knew the Vikings winning 13 games last season or whatever it was was a fluke. Like, they weren't a 13-win team. But I also didn't think they were the opposite of that. I always kind of thought, you yeah, know, that's a 10-11 win team. They probably still should have won the division last year. But, like, I, that division's a nightmare. Now yes. Justin Fields has a dislocated thumb. Justin Jefferson is this week. Oh man, Senior Bowl, you know, Senior Bowl yep, strong, yep. but <laughs> but uh, I mean, honestly, the Bears without Fields are an absolute nightmare. The Vikings without Jefferson are gonna have problems, and the Packers are, you know, I mean, like you said, the Packers are the biggest threat, but they're not a threat. The Lions are already up two and a half games, three games with the tiebreaker, and they've already won the road matchup in that series, and I mean. The Packers look completely overmatched in that game, and it's just like it's crazy. It's crazy. We're talking about playoff seeding in Detroit 
five or six games into the freaking season and it's legit. It's, uh, I mean, man, that this franchise hosting a home playoff game, I don't think people realize how much that would mean to that city and the state and that franchise. Like that, that would be not only making it, but hosting a playoff game. My God, it would be, you wouldn't see stuff like that. Like it would be rocking and crazy. You, know, you were talking about the other leaders in the NFC, and you said that you would take the Eagles over the Lions. I'm very much the opposite of that. I think right now the Lions are unequivocally better than the Eagles in terms of what we've seen this year. Like at their peak, like if Philadelphia starts looking like what they did last year, then yeah, I think the Eagles are better. They haven't looked like that all year. And they've had the benefit of playing a bunch of bad teams where their offense could look a little shaky and it wouldn't necessarily matter. But they finally played a, a really good defense against the Jets and it caught up to them. Uh, They didn't play well against the Patriots. They didn't play well against the Vikings. Their offense didn't look great against Tampa. Um, Even when it did look good against Washington, Washington put up a bunch of points and they had to go to overtime to beat the Commanders. And then they played really poorly against the Jets. In terms of EPA right now, the Lions are fifth, the Eagles are eighth. So the Eagles are still efficient, but it's not nearly as, as good as what we saw last year. I think right now the Lions are the second best team in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 49ers are the top of the NFC. Absolutely, yes. Injuries. I mean, there's no question of that. But the Eagles have definitely looked a little more vulnerable this year as well. I mean, good teams find a way to win, and they've even like they've, they've continued to win while looking like they're working some kinks out. So that's always a good sign for a team like that. But, yeah, I, I think it's – I think the Lions are – very much in the discussion to be the second best team in the NFC. And that's uh, because they've looked good doing it. I mean, the Lions, the Bucks and the Panthers back to back. That's ex- that's not like the murderer's row, but the Bucks have a pretty solid defense and sent some pressure. And, you know, it's just, man, you just look back at that Seahawks loss and you're like, man, if they were sitting here undefeated, there'd be one clear top team in the NFC right there because they'd taken care of every challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So- so we'll go from talking about a really good football team to talking about some bad football teams. There are currently, from my count, five, one in five teams in the NFL. The New York Giants, the Chicago Bears, the Arizona Cardinals, the New England Patriots, and the Denver Broncos, all one in five. Who's the best out of them? The best out of the one in five teams? Best out of the one in five teams. I think God. I've got one in my head. I, I think, think it's I think the the Giants, right? The Giants are probably. I think it's the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are better than the Giants. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think with Barkley healthy, it's the Giants, but the Cardinals are. That's that's Josh Dobbs oh, Car- is a lot the, better than he should be. The Cardinals, I think, in terms of just like pure roster wise, are probably amongst the least <laughs> talented of those teams. But uh, the Cardinals are like Spike Dudley. Like you know they're gonna lose, but they're gonna give you. They're gonna fight like hell. They're gonna bite your ankle. They're gonna claw your eyes. They're gonna play like hell and try to win at least. Like there's some fight in the Cardinals. I haven't seen fight in the Patriots. I haven't really seen fight in the Giants as of late. Like at least I know I'm getting yeah a dog with some bite with the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Patriots are not in that discussion. I mean it's between the Giants and the Cardinals. (laughs) I would. I think the Cardinals would handle the Patriots. Oh man, which is just absolutely wild. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, the Giants have played a tough schedule. They're playing like four-string offensive line, so I think at the end of the day, that'll be the best team of those groups. But yeah, it's probably the Cardinals. I mean, God, if the Panthers were in that mix, I'd almost take the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, see. I mean, the Panthers—they're uh, in a whole other class of just. 
All right, like it's, we're going into week seven, and they were already talking about, oh, maybe David Tepper's too hands-on, and you know, he, the fact that like, look at who Bryce Young is throwing to. Like he's throwing to me, you, and a drawing of Moose and Muhammad. Adam like, Beeman getting like fifteen targets a game is just awesome. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I got to see that team a couple weeks ago, and that's kind of like I, my dog's going off here for a minute. I, I hear that. <laughs> I was, I think Bryce Young's going to be fine because he's a tough sucker, hangs in that pocket. But like, I was kind of shocked at how short he looked. Really, and it's like, man, I never really bought into like they might need to like find shorter offensive linemen who fit their style because it's it's like holy crap, like he's running around to get a to get a look downfield. So yeah. like. They need to get him a couple weapons because Adam Thielen, Thielen's going to be great seven to ten yards, but my God, he, he just looks stranded out there. That is, yeah, That I mean, you've seen me in person. Is he, like, much taller than me? <laughs> I mean, you see that photo of him next to Mina Kimes, and it's like you get it. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, he is tiny. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're about oh, the same size. Let's uh let's talk about some teams with you know positive records and whatnot, but that we're worried about. The Baltimore Ravens are currently four and two, sitting atop the AFC North, and I have zero confidence in them every week. I feel like they are similar to the Chargers at this point. I don't know why they don't get as much guff as the Chargers do because last year they blew a bunch of leads late to the Giants, the Bills, the Dolphins. Um, this this year already, um, they let the Titans hang around. They blew a 10-point lead to a Steelers team that had absolutely no business winning that game a few weeks ago. Um, Baltimore might be 4-2, but they got no juice offensively outside of Zay Flowers. I do not buy into them whatsoever as being like, I think they're a second-tier contender right now. Like They'll probably get to the playoffs, maybe win a wild card. I think their ceiling is being beaten by a really good team in the divisional round. Yeah, I think think the Cowboys are that team for me right now, kind of like... I, I think that still is a potential playoff. I mean, that that should be a playoff team, but it's just like I'm not buying them as the kind of NFC threat I once was, you know? I mean, their red zone offense is not great. I mean, they have these great weapons and stuff, but, I mean, outside of some plays last night, C.D. Lamb has looked pretty freaking frustrated this season. So I, I just kind of – man, I – I, I was I was much higher on them four weeks ago than I am sitting here right now. And, I mean, even after last night's win, I mean, that defense obviously can win some games, but, like, that offense and just kind of – I mean, losing Callum Moore, I mean, that is – it does seem to be playing an early season factor. So, if they can turn that around, I'll feel better about them. But I'd say Ravens and Cowboys are pr- two pretty good picks at four and two division leaders for sure. Is that Ravens offense? It's just like God. Not Lamar, Lamar played a perfect game the other week. The, those seven drops were just like some of the three most of them would have been brutal drops I've ever seen. Like you're an NFL player, you, you're killing this guy. <laughs> and this isn't a new thing with the Ravens either. Like no, like, like I said, I love the draft pick of Zay Flowers, and it's already paid dividends. He's looked fantastic. Okay. But Rashad Bateman was a first round pick, and he's not looked good. You bring in the the carcass of Odell Beckham Jr., who is already injured every other play. Nelson Aguilar, Devin Duvernay, and then you're handing the ball to Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Like, bro, he can't. Lamar can't do it by himself. As as great as he is, like, there's a clear ceiling. If you're asking him 
to be thrown <laughs> to these paint cans and make the occasional scramble. He's not running nearly as much as he used to with the new offense, uh, which is probably a good thing. It'll keep him upright and keep him more healthy. Um, but I think that they should lean into it a little bit more just because we know how dynamic he is as a runner and he shouldn't have to do it by himself. But right now he doesn't really have a ton of help. No. And I gave the Ravens a ton of credit for like throwing resources at wide receiver. But like, once again, it's like, man, 20 million on Odell is just like, wow. It's just like, that's crazy. Highway robbery. And we're in Big Ten country, and I liked the Rashad Bateman pick at the time, but like at no point in that career has that looked like it's going to turn the fence and work out. <laughs> that is not a a fit for what the Ravens want to do offensively. He, I mean, at Minnesota, he was a deep ball guy, and it worked out. But the Ravens—that's not how the Ravens play football. It's not how most NFL teams play football. You know, it's not a uh, it's not a thirty yard go ball, and it's, it's yeah. not what you're going to get consistently. Zan Mark Andrews is a pretty nice combo for him, though. But he definitely—I sure. mean. He just, I mean, I know that they're probably trying to protect him a little, and he's probably trying to protect himself a little, but, like, I'm sorry. he's He's got to run more. You're too good at it not to. I have a suggestion for the Ravens, and I think it would be a great suggestion. Trade for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah something like that. They should have traded for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that was the team that, like, JP brought it up to me when we were doing a show. He's like, what about Baltimore? Oh, I, like, Ooh, I like that. And, obviously, he went back to Indianapolis, but – Trade for Saquon Barkley. What's it going to hurt? The Giants aren't doing anything. They're one and five. They could use with the resources. They're going to lose them next year for nothing anyway. Why not? No, I mean, it's yeah, because J.K. Dobbins is chronically hurt too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even, yeah, you talk about Justice Hill. It's like, how is Justice Hill getting like eight carries a game? Like, what's going on? He's getting like Uh, carries for like nine yards and two touchdowns when when they're in the red zone. It's crazy. No, no, for sure. The rest of the uh, AFC right now, obviously the AFC East, I think is the most top-heavy division of Miami and Buffalo. This was just a a week of teams that were really good who looked bad. Miami gave gave the Panthers a 14-point head start and then boat raced them the rest of the way. The Bills looked lost offensively against a bad Giants team. 49ers lose to the Browns, um, and then the, the Eagles lose to the Jets. Which one of those performances is most concerning to you? Um... I think the Eagles to the Jets, because I think you can blame the 49ers collapse on some injuries and stuff, but the Eagles facing a good defense, like you said earlier, just like absolutely could not get anything going against that defense, obviously. But like, man, to not be, to, to give up 20 points to the Jets, and I know, I think, did the Jets even score a touchdown? Okay, yeah, it was four field goals until the fourth quarter. So obviously, like <laughs> the defense, that 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 makes it even worse for the offense. I mean, you got Hurts, you got Brown, you got Swift, you got Devonta Smith and Godair. It's like you got to move the ball. I know that's a good defense on the other side. Well, even like, that they didn't have DJ Reed, they didn't have Sauce Gardner. Both of them were gone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Good. I knew one of those guys was gone. I forgot they were both gone. That's. Yeah, Hertz had three interceptions. That's right. I, I I did not see this game. I think that was going on during the Lions game, but like that one's concerning to me. Like, yeah, the Jets have a good defense, but that's still a team the Eagles should be able to beat by a clean 10, 12, 13, 14 points every single time they line up against them. I mean, the 49 we, we might just need to acknowledge that the Jets defense is good enough to keep them in these games because they beat the Bills in week one. They <laughs> they're three they, and three. <laughs> they hung with the they hung with the Chiefs and only lost to the Chiefs by a field goal. They just beat the Eagles. Like they are giving teams hell uh with with that really star studded defense. And 
they're showing like, yeah, our quarterback's not very good. We don't need him to be. If we if he gives us 17 points, we've got a shot. And <laughs> like, think about this. If Zach Wilson was the Broncos quarterback last year, they might have been a playoff team. How funny is that? Oh God. I, I, I can't believe Zach Wilson is the, still the starting quarterback for that team. I mean, I know he started know to look a little do, more man. comfortable, but it's like, my God, there are so many resources put into that offense, and now Brees Hall is coming back, and it just is like, even when he has those little flashes, you're like, it's still him. It's still him. <laughs> like, I, it's like I don't the, know. Uh... Like if you're in a relationship or talking to a girl who always cheats on you, you keep coming back. You think she's gonna change, but at the end of the day, it's still, it's still just, that. Watching him go from BYU to the NFL was like going from all Madden to all rookie. Like it was like he like it's it's just like so I don't know you, you he's seeing ghosts man in that pocket sometimes and I mean we'll see on that, but obviously the jets are probably a little better than we thought they'd be after the Rogers situation. I just don't know what else that they can do with the quarterback yeah. situation right now, because Kirk Cousins <laughs> is staying in Minnesota as it seems. Yeah. Um, like who else are you going to trade for right now? You can trade for Taylor Heineke from Atlanta. Probably not. He's about to be the starter in Atlanta <laughs> with the way that Ritter's been playing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> maybe hey okay let's have that conversation because i think that's a real he's he was there for like 10 minutes in the preseason in 2019 yeah um, I, yeah i just i i don't think the lions signed him to trade him or dangle him but when i look at teddy bridgewater and i look at some of these situations around the league it's like i think i'd rather have teddy bridgewater yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a really smart tough guy accurate passer like obviously not gonna like burn you downfield or tear you up or throw for 270 yards but like he's not gonna like look like he's completely forgotten he's not gonna, like, he's not gonna lose pregnant. the game for you exactly so i don't know I, I keep feeling like his name is something to watch especially i mean he wasn't brought in to compete with golf or anything like that he's a nice guy to have in the room for hooker but like if Hendon hooker gets healthy and maybe is elevated to quarterback two at some point i mean like i don't know Teddy becomes a little expendable and he's in my mind would be a starter worthy quarterback for a team like the freaking Jets who have a playoff Absolutely. chance with that defense. So oh, even yeah. like a guy like Jacoby Brissett in Washington, like if they're really exactly. committed to like Sam Howe and going forward with him and seeing what they got, I, I think that would be the reason why Washington would be hesitant to part ways with him just because he's a good guy to have in the room with Howe. Yeah. Um, but or the Giants with Tyrod, like what are you what are you gonna do there if you're the Giants? Like if you're gonna try to try keep trying this Daniel Jones experiment, then why is Tyrod there? Man, Jameis there, Winston, man. Somebody Jameis could. Winston, that would that would be something, wouldn't it? That that is just like the Coke version to Zach Wilson's diet coke. Yeah. Yeah. I I keep kind of waiting for Jameis to get another chance. I I, I still believe in Jameis for some reason. Why? Okay. We <laughs> let that man through. Everybody so many people that I like and respect in this industry are just like, come on, Jameis. He's he's no, he doesn't. He's not My arm good. talent is unreal. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah, you know who else had a really good arm talent? Jeff George, and he still sucked. Oh, God, goodness gracious. Jameis Winston <laughs> discourse in 2023. I would uh, take Jameis over any of the backup quarterback names we just listed, not named Jacoby Brissett. He should be at the top of the list. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a grown-up, and he's going to do what you need to do. Like, if you put him on a good team, like, if you put him on the Niners last week, they win. Oh, yeah. Jacoby could do what Brock Purdy's doing. Yes. I think that's a very good <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's, let's say that right now. And I'll, no I'll, shade I'll, on Brock Purdy. <laughs> I'll, I'll clip this just to piss off all the 49ers fans. Jacoby oh, Brissett, you put him in the 49ers lineup, <laughs> is doing exactly what Brock Purdy's doing right now. Yeah, Steven Ruiz close. is going to throw with the mouth of happiness if he sees this. Pretty mm-hmm. clo- <laughs> it's pretty close. It'd be pretty close, if not the same, I feel like, too. I mean, I, I think you his right, name, man. of those five or six backup quarterback names, I, I do think Jacoby Brissett's name is at the top of that list. I mean, he is. Why is he not starting somewhere? Well, I think because he went to Washington and they want to see what they have and how. Um, which, I mean, fair. Well, I, get that. I would start Howell, too. I mean, if you're banked in on him, the – God, what up? What he's like, he's like the living embodiment of like a Western duel. Like you just, it's 50 yeah. 50 every time that he's going down swinging. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy, like, you don't know what you're getting from him. Like, he's either really on or he is off. Like, it is, it is one extremity or the other. And I think that's what he is. I just think that's kind of his MO at this point. Um, cause he had that really start off the season really nice and he had that comeback win against the Broncos and then he faced the Bills defense and just looked awful. And then against Atlanta, he made some nice throws and helped them get a win. Obviously the defense having three picks helped, but he played well enough to, to get him there. He made a really nice throw to Jahan Dotson that Dotson just decided he didn't want to catch. Um, so I mean, I, I'm a Sam Howell guy, and I really had a high hopes for him coming into this year. I think the, those have kind of tempered down a little bit, but I think it's just that's just kind of what he is. Um, I think that's why you have a guy like Brissett in the room to try to knock those bad tendencies out of him. Yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, if I were the Jets, I would at least add a little competition to that room because I think you've kind of seen what Zach Wilson's ceiling is this season. Who else do they have in that room right now? The Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle and there's somebody. Oh, I forget who it was. Some guy who they brought up from like NYU just to fill yeah. it off the spot. <laughs> yeah, Tim, gracious. Tim hey, Boyle. who uh, who wins the <laughs> NFC South if you're betting right now? Oh God. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to end up kind of straight line in it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't pick the Bucks in good faith, and the Saints have looked. The Saints, I don't know. I, I already wasn't buying the Saints. I'm even lower on them all of a sudden now. Well, I, why I can't you pick the Bucks in good faith? What, what's keeping you? I, away from them? I, I don't know that that offense. That offense. You you can you can. I, I respect Baker's toughness and willingness to stand in that pocket and stuff, but it, I think it's easy to defend that. I think the Lions showed that like you can figure that offense out if you can take away that run and make Baker beat you purely with his arm, you know. I mean, even with Evans and Godwin, I mean, you can bend without breaking, and the Lions didn't allow a touchdown. No first downs on the ground. I mean, I just think the Falcons, I'm like, if Ritter can just, like, clean it up a little bit, they've got the weapons, they've got the running back room. I really do like their secondary and that defense, I think. Of those three, I'm like, you know, the Falcons, they, they can get to nine wins. They can get to nine. Yeah, I mean, their, their schedule's super easy, but I think it's the ex- different extremities for me. Like, I believe in Tampa Bay's offense more than I believe in Atlanta's just because I I trust yeah. Baker more than I trust Desmond Ritter. But Atlanta's defense, man, has been really good. They're fifth fifth in the NFL in success right, right now. Um, so I trust their defense more than I trust Tampa's defense. Not that Tampa's defense is, like, uh, 
horrible, but no, Atlanta's defense, yeah. they're, they're, the Falcons' defense has been quietly very good this year. No, good safeties too. Jesse Bates and uh, yeah. I forget the other one's name, but you know, really Richie good safeties. Grant. Yeah, Richie. Thank you. Yes, exactly. And uh, well, crush from twenty twenty one, Richie Grant. <laughs> you know, Grady Jarrett remains as good as you know he's been in recent years. I, I just I feel you know, like Grady Jarrett's been in the league for like thirty years. I know it. He's still shockingly kind of young, you know, considering that. But you know, the Falcons. I, 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 I God, I. Ritters, those two interceptions he threw in the fourth quarter last week were just like brutal. Just pumpkins he throws in the air, especially in the red zone where like St. Juice comes down with it at the end. The the second one that he threw was just a duck. He's he's not good. Just bad decisions. And they have some actual weapons on that team. I mean, if if they're open-minded to getting somebody else in there, I mean, I think a Jameis Winston would fit in perfectly right there. (laughs) Like... You oh, get something out of Yeah. I mean, the Lions and Vikings have done it a couple times. Yeah, they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In terms of just that entire division, man, like I was very anti Saints coming into this year. I, they, they were trying to trick themselves and be like, oh, yeah, Derek Carr, that'll give us 12 wins and turn us into a contender. I, I think that they were very much just over the hill on themselves. Um, I like Derek Carr. I don't trust the head coach. I don't think the offense is very good weapons-wise at all. I, Olave's good, and when Kamara's in, he's, he's good. Outside of that, man, they have nothing that scares you. If you shut down one of them, you're good as gold. Um, yeah. And defensively, they've been solid, but they can only do so much when the offense isn't scoring points. So I'm not worried whatsoever about the Saints. Um, who do you think? It, I mean, you brought up – we're talking about teams that could potentially make moves. Um, what is a move that you would like to see a specific team make, maybe for a specific player? Because I think that uh, Hunter Renfro to the Bills right now would be a hand-in-glove fit. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one, you know, that get them their kind of Cole Beasley-type slot player exactly. back. He was exactly. at his prime for sure. You know, I, uh, for the Lions, I think adding a cornerback would be a smart move. I, I don't have a specific name or anything like that, but... The one that we've talked about earlier that I would just love to see is freaking Jonathan Taylor to the Ravens would be awesome, man. Or like you said, or Barkley, one of those running backs that's looking for a new home. Like get Lamar something back there too. I mean, I don't know. What I think Saquon Barkley should be a guy that like if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, look, let's just just trade me. Yeah. I don't think, especially if he wants to win, like have him like a hockey trade type situation where he's a hired gun for the rest of the year. Try to win a Super Bowl. If they get it done, great. If they don't, okay, we'll see if we can come to terms on money and you can stick around or you can go somewhere else in free agency. Um, if you're the Giants, get something for him because he's not coming back. Right. No. I, mean, should he? I wouldn't. Mike Evans was another name that was kind of floating around for a while. Yeah, especially like, like the first couple of weeks. But I don't know. It seems like it's so up and down with the Bucks. Like one week, Mike Evans will have like a game like he did against <laughs> the Bears, and then he'll have a down week. And it would probably be in the Bucks' best interest to get something for him. Mike Evans to the Chiefs. <laughs> I think that's probably the most realistic thing if he does get moved. Because yeah, God knows they need somebody on the outside. They really do. You know, that defense they've built in Kansas City is actually pretty good. Oh, so good. And it would be a shame to watch their passing attack falter because Patrick keeps dropping balls and guys that can't handle them hands. I mean, that's exactly what I saw in Kansas city to open the seeds and was like, Oh my God, if Kadarius Tony catches two of those four targets, the chiefs probably win that game. 
So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, trying things with you know, Sky more, that's not working. Um, Rasheed Rice has been nice, but I don't think he's a number one. Um, yeah, they don't have any downfield threat right now. Like Kelsey's great. Like you, if you get 12 yards to catch with Kelsey, that's cool, but they don't have anybody that's taking the top off the defense, which I mean, that kind of gives them a ceiling. Like since 2018, since Mahomes became the starter, they haven't scored less than 28 points per game since he throughout an entire season. Right now they're averaging a little over 24 points a game. They just can't score. They're efficient. They just can't punch it in. No. That's, I mean, yeah, they don't have, I mean, the running game hasn't exactly, I mean, Pacheco runs his ass off. That's a hard nose run. I love Isaiah Pacheco. It's just, you know, they, they, they've been trying to pass to receivers who can't handle it. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was shocked at how they left Pat hanging in the opener. I mean, it looks like it's gotten a little better since then, but like they really are missing kind of a vertical threat. I mean, as Kelsey ages, I think, I mean, he's still as good as, He's been, but like I, I do think that they have lost a little bit of spark in that offense. Let's uh, let's talk about Chargers Cowboys from last night. Um, you think that girl's a plant? <laughs> oh yeah, the conspiracy theory. I just read about that this afternoon. You know, I, I started watching that game in the fourth quarter. What 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 was up with that? Every, I mean, that was Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy ying, Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley ying. Yeah. And it just so happened that Brandon Staley out Brandon Staley, Mike McCarthy. Um, <laughs> they had they went for it on fourth and one inside like the 10. Um, and I liked the call to go for it, I didn't like the play call itself. I think they ran uh Herbert on a bootleg to the right and he threw it uh to Josh Palmer and it got broken up by Deron Bland in the end zone. Um, it's run it, it's fourth and one, you can't gain yeah. one fucking yard, <laughs> run the ball, <laughs> Jesus. Like, for as many people as say, hey, ban the tush push, at least the Eagles are smart and be like, yeah, it's one yard. We can get a yard. Every other team tries to get fucking cute, and I just I just don't get it. I don't know why the Chargers are the way they are. It seems like it's never going to change, no matter what the coaching staff, no matter who the quarterback is. I think that franchise is just kind of cursed. Um, the Cowboys didn't play well offensively, though, overall. Like, it's... Yeah, I think that there was a lot of things that got masked by the Chargers, um, just screwing themselves up more than anything. Uh, CD Lamb did have a nice game, which was nice though. Brandon Cooks got in the end zone on a weird, just like Dak just kind of threw it up, <laughs> and Brandon Cooks came down with it. It was single coverage in the end zone, and Cooks came down with it. But yeah, overall, I mean, no, none of them looked great. But it was a game that I think. Dallas might have needed a little bit more than the Chargers, but now if you're the Chargers, you're two and three. You got basically no shot of winning the division. You just got to hope for a wild card spot at this point. They're behind the Raiders right now in the standings, by the way. The Raiders are three and three. The Chargers are two and three. Yeah, I don't really understand. I mean, I know they've had lost Mike Williams, just get Eckler back, but man, I saw that. I saw that first drive. They score in the short Keenan Allen touchdown, go up seven nothing, and. Like I said, I turned back in in the third or fourth quarter, and it was like a. I think they were still leading. So like, yeah, it was. So it was a. No, no, it was tied up seventeen seventeen. And God, just I don't. They have so that Justin Herbert, man, it kind of still feels like he's just like kind of constrained. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like let him. I don't know how you let him rip. You don't have Williams and Johnston has looked like a pretty rough kind of project. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know how many catches Quentin Johnston has so far? Six catches. For 44 yeah. yards, no touchdowns. I, I know he didn't have any last night. I don't even he need to see him. two targets for no catches <laughs> last night. He had three targets for one catch against the Raiders. So he's got 
three catches over his last three games on eight targets. Yeah. It's like yeah. that uh that stepbrother's name was Seth Rogan. And like, yeah, okay, right now drafting Quentin Johnson seems kind of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh the Lions will see the Chargers in a couple of weeks too. So I'm curious just because that's a team you think is gonna be in the playoff hunt. It's like they're fighting they're already gonna be fighting for their lives this early season. Is that that X right so far? Uh that's uh before, in LA. Before, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have Washington in my brain. We're talking about Sam Howell. <laughs> I know it was an F stadium. Oh, that'll be in a couple weeks. And man, I was gonna say, I mean, it just looks like another another team that the Lions match up well against. I mean, if you take away that running game and like you can bend but not break against the passing attack and just kind of keep it in front of you, like it's gonna be a team that kind of shoots himself in the foot every once in a while. Who's just yeah, who, yeah. who do the Lions have on Thanksgiving this year? Uh, I believe it's the Packers. Oh, well then. When's yeah. the last time we swept Green Bay in consecutive years? Um, not off the top of my head. I know that this is the first four-game winning streak against the Packers since like the 50s. That's and crazy. If, and like, if they win the next game at Lambeau next year, it'll be the first three-game winning streak at Lambeau since like the 30s or 50s or something <laughs> like that. Like the amount of records that the Lions are setting this season that's like since 1932, since 1957, since 62. It's like, holy crap. Like, oh, my God. So they're doing things since before segregation ended. That's crazy. Good for that. <laughs> exactly. No, Good man, it's, uh, it's uh, crazy, crazy. You know, because it's just like it just like I said, it just doesn't feel fluky. Even when you're like, all right, it's the Lions. When does the wheels fall off? And then you see right. it, and you're like, this is just different. It really is just different. I mean, Jared Goff has to be creeping into the MVP conversation. Like, I think like, so. Like if people are talking about Purdy and Tua, you got to throw Goff in there too at this point. But Goff is, I mean, Goff has put Goff had 353 passing yards on Sunday. Like he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like nobody gives a shit. Nobody's talking about that. Why? I I, I know exactly. Two. T- I mean, he was crazy accurate. He made some crazy hard throws. He's been able to throw deep this year. He's managed games. He's leaned on the running game. He wins with the play action. I I, I just he's PFF's top graded quarterback through six weeks. That's crazy. It's just crazy. Put Jared Goff in San Francisco and see how good he is. Now Jared Goff is. I mean, Jared Goff is operating a Shanahan-esque offense in Detroit here. I mean, he would absolutely freaking thrive in that because that's what he's thriving in right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet that. I'll, 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 can, I'll just stir the 49ers pot all night just for the shits of it. I just I think it's fun. So, well, the Jacoby Brissett thing, and then I'll tweet a picture of Jared Goff and make like a, a give give Brock Purdy like a play. There you go. Actually, I, don't, I don't have anything against Brock Purdy. I have I just get very annoyed when everybody's trying to put him in like the same tier as like a Burrow or a Herbert or an Allen. Like, let's calm it's, down. it's different. It's different. It know. is different. And he's operating. He's operating the system that he's in very well, better than yeah. the guy before him did, um, which is good. But that doesn't mean that he's you know an elite quarterback. No, for sure. That's where we can end this off today. What uh. Everything on M Live for you. What's uh, anything fun that the people can check out? Uh, just a post game podcast. We're cranking out two podcasts a week too. The Dungeon of Doom podcast. That's that's the bread and butter right now. But yeah, just uh, MLive.com slash Lions, man. That's where it's at. 
Love to hear it, buddy. Hey, I always enjoy talking to you. We'll do this very soon again. Hopefully, we'll, we'll do one before Thanksgiving, maybe after Thanksgiving as well. We'll uh, yeah. definitely keep you in my loop. And uh, always love talking to you. Love you, miss you. Can't wait to see you again. Love you, miss you too. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Pump Egg, everybody. We'll see you on Friday with Aaron Schatz. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.